Welcome to River's Edge Sermon of the Week. Thanks for joining us today. We're really believing that you'll benefit from the message that you're about to hear. A big thank you to those of you who share our podcast on social media. And thanks for rating and reviewing us on iTunes. For more information about us, please visit riversedgechurch.com.au. So the title of my message today is to know him and to make him known. And I want us to start at Philippians chapter 3 verse 10. And I'm reading from the amplified version, okay? Because I'm female and I need more words. <laughs> I don't like this shortened version of scriptures. I like extra words. And all the women said, Amen. So Paul, he writes, For my determined purpose is that I may know him and that I may progressively become more deeply and intimately acquainted with him, perceiving and recognising and understanding the wonders of his person more strongly and more clearly, and that I may in that same way come to know the power outflowing from his resurrection which it exerts over believers, and that I may so share his sufferings as to be continually transformed in spirit into his likeness, even to his death. You know, faith can be described in many ways, but one way to describe faith is a fellowship with God. Those with a thriving faith also have rich fellowship with him. Psalm 43 verse 4 says, Then will I go to the altar of God, to God, my God. That's what you've come for today. You haven't come to see me. You haven't come to hear from me. You've come to hear from God. And even though I'm speaking, God can speak to you through me. Amen. So we've come to seek God, who is our exceeding joy. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Fellowship with God holds first and foremost the enjoyment of God. We enjoy Him. We love Him. We love spending time with Him. You know, when Gary and I first met, the chase was on. You know, the chase Australia, well, we were the leading contestants. The chase was on. And um, really, um, our relationship and I can honestly say to this day, was built on friendship. And maybe that's why we've lasted so long. I I just feel like I can tell him anything. He's my best friend. I'm his best friend. And from that, the love developed. But the chase was on. We were pursuing one another. And um, we enjoyed spending time with each other. Um, And if we'd not enjoyed that time, it wouldn't have gone on from there. But it did. And from there, love was born. And, um, the, you know, I enjoyed him before I loved him. Come on now. Are you here this morning? Good. But the enjoyment came to include love. And because we were good friends, a lot came out of that time we spent together. Companionship came. Marriage came. Uh, working together came, birthing a church came, having children came, come on. Stuff was birthed out of the time that we spent together, out of that pursuit for one another. And we today are enjoying the fruit of that companionship. Hallelujah. When we take time to simply enjoy the Lord, 
Just, to, just think of the fruit that will come out of that. You know, in John 15, verse 4 to 5 from the Amplified says, Dwell in me and I will dwell in you. Live in me and I will live in you. Just as no branch can bear fruit of itself without abiding, being vitally united to the vine, neither can you bear fruit unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever lives in me and I in him bears much abundant fruit. However, apart from me, cut off from vital union with me, you can do nothing. I love this translation because of those three simple words, being vitally united to. Being vitally united to. You know, there is... Um, such a preciousness that comes from being connected to the Lord and spending time with him and making him your pursuit. Um, It's actually vital. It's life and death. It's just like if you're sick, the doctor looks out for your vital signs. Why does he look out for those vital signs? Because that's uh, that's what is between life and death. And it's just the same way with our relationship with the Lord. We need to be vitally united. It's life or death. Apart from him, you can do nothing. Maybe you're sitting there and you're trying to do everything in your own strength. We were not designed to live that way. We were designed to be united to the Lord in a very powerful manner. So my first point this morning is every meaningful relationship takes an investment of your time. Every meaningful relationship. If I didn't spend time with Gary all those years ago, we wouldn't be here today. If I didn't seek the Lord all those years ago, I wouldn't be where I am today. That's why I'm so big on spending daily time with the Lord. You know, in the Old Testament... The Israelites were fed manna, angels' food, every day. And God said to them, don't take it for tomorrow. Take today what you need and come out again tomorrow. Even in the Lord's Prayer, God said, give us this day our daily bread. So God's in to daily meetings. Amen. He's into spending time with you every day. And I love the thought, um, and this is the thought that I love, is that he's waiting for me. He's waiting for me. Every morning when I wake up, he's waiting for me. And I'm so big on spending daily time with the Lord, finding a place, finding a time each day just to be with him. And I know that we're all in different seasons of our life. I've been, you know, a mum of young children. And that might be, you know, finding time washing the dishes while I'm washing the dishes or finding time while I'm ironing or whatever. Whatever your season is, it doesn't have to look the same as my time with the Lord. But find that daily time with him. Amen. And receive fresh bread fresh bread that will nourish you. The vine nourishes you. It satisfies you. It feeds you. It causes you to be fruitful and to multiply. Hallelujah. 
you know, you don't want to be, this is a joke, a running joke, you don't want to be around the Lisa that hasn't been with God. (laughs) I'm not as patient, I'm not as kind as when I've been with him. And I think if we're truthful, we can all say the same thing. Amen. You don't want to be around the Lisa that hasn't been with the Lord. Gary and I protect our time as a married couple, but we also protect our time with the Lord. Um, It's a non-negotiable. Every other meeting and schedule comes after that time. We just decided many years ago that we would not compromise with our time with the Lord. A very wise woman once said, if you're too busy for God, then you're too busy. And only you have the power to make that adjustment in your life. Protect your time with God. Protect your faith. Protect your enjoyment with God. He's to be your great joy. You know, Gary and I couldn't wait to be together. You know, we'd spend hours on the phone. In fact, the other day I found all my old love letters. Oh, come on. All my old love, all the poetry, all the song lyrics, all the... (laughs) Okay, I'll stop right there. Um, So we couldn't wait to be together. And it should be the same with the Lord, even more so. Amen. God's heart is a father's heart. God wanted a family. Come on. He could have left us in our condition, but he didn't. He sent his son, Jesus. He didn't have to, but he did because he wanted you. He wanted sons and daughters made in his image, in his likeness, to worship him, to have fellowship with him, to have unhindered access to the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. Imagine what privilege this is to know him. Hallelujah. We are so blessed to be living on this side of the cross because there's no longer any separation between us and the Lord. There's no rituals that we have to go through. There's no man that we have to go through except his son, Jesus Christ. We don't have to sit through ceremonies, hand wash and do all that and sacrifice the animals. And even then only the high priest could enter. But now we have been given that privilege to enter the Holy of Holies with boldness, hallelujah, to his throne, obtaining grace and help in time of need. Thank God for the cross. Amen. Thank God that there's no longer any separation between us and the Lord. I got saved because I wanted him. I didn't get saved because I wanted a ministry. I got saved because I wanted him. And I love fulfilling the call of God on my life, but it's my relationship with him that fuels everything I do. It fuels my motherhood. It fuels my um, ability to be a good wife. It fuels my ability to encourage others and to build others up. Everything comes from the vine. Everything comes from the source. You know, when God was creating, when he came to man, he didn't look outside of himself, but he said, let us make man in our image. He looked within himself when he created man. 
Hallelujah. He didn't look to the sky. He didn't look to the waters. He didn't look anywhere else. He looked within himself to birth you. Wow. That's how much he wants you. Glory to God. Number two, we can only know him through his word. You know, um, I have an orthodox background. I don't know if any of you can relate, but I was saved out of the orthodox church. I've got an Armenian background. And um, this is such a vital point for me because I thought I knew God. And God was presented in many ways to me that almost contradicted the word of God. Um, So we have to know him through the word. Don't rely on your emotions and don't rely on the opinions of man. Allow the word of God, which is Jesus. The word is Jesus, John 1.1. The word is Jesus. So when you read the word, that's God in print form. That's why we we said that scripture. Thank you, Libby, because that's really great. The word is living and powerful. When you read the word, the word speaks to you. Hallelujah. It discerns your thoughts and the intents of your heart. It changes you. It renews you. But most importantly, it's God telling you about himself. Do you know how powerful that is? That I don't have to rely on some made, man-made experience or man-made doctrine to understand God. I can just open my word. The Bible is the only book where the author speaks to you. The word is living and powerful. Growing up in a religious background, I had many concepts of God that were simply incorrect or they were man-made traditions. It wasn't until I spent time in the word that the Holy Spirit began to really reveal the Lord to me. Knowing God is a lifetime pursuit. It's progressive. Just when you think you know him completely, he reveals another aspect of his character, his thoughts and his heart. Each revelation builds upon the other. And I went from religion to relationship to fellowship. Glory to God. Maybe that's been your experience too, that you've come out of religion and now you have a beautiful, healthy relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. As Paul said in Philippians 3.10, that I may know him. I love the extra description we get from the Amplified, that I may progressively become more deeply and intimately acquainted with him. This was Paul's pursuit. Before this, he had different pursuits. He persecuted the church until he had a God encounter on the road to Damascus. You know, none of Paul's prestigious history mattered. He was circumcised at eight years old. He was out of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of the Hebrews, a Pharisee, He says in the preceding verses that he counted all of that as a loss compared to the priceless privilege of knowing Christ. 
It's a priceless privilege to know Jesus Christ as your Lord. One translation says, all the things I once thought I had going for me is insignificant, dog dung. I've dumped it all in the trash so I can embrace Christ and be embraced by him. With all the revelations, the miracles, the healings, the fruit of the ministry, at the end of it all, Paul wanted to know him more. And today, I want to encourage you to go deeper in your walk with the Lord. I want to say to you, as I was preparing the message for today, two words kept coming in my spirit for you. There's more. There's more. Personally, there's more. There's more depth to your relationship to discover. Corporately, there's more as a church. Hallelujah. There's more reach. There's more influence. There's more fruitfulness for you as a congregation. Hallelujah. Like Paul, our lives are to demonstrate revelation, the power of God, the manifestations of God's power. But without knowing him, those things don't satisfy. It's knowing him. It's, it's spending time with him, fellowshipping with him that brings that satisfaction. Number three, we know him to make him known to others. Jesus said in John 17, verse 25 to 26, O just and righteous Father, although the world has not known you and has failed to recognise you and has never acknowledged you, I have known you continually. And these men understand and know that you sent me. I have made your name known to them and revealed your character and your very self and I will continue to make you known that the love which you have bestowed on me may be in them, felt in their hearts, and that I myself may be in them. Jesus knew the Father, but he also came to make the Father known. And I want to say to you, knowing him is not where it ends. That's where it begins. That's where it all starts. You know him to make him known. Hallelujah. We see how vital Jesus' communion with his Father was to the results that he got and the effectiveness of his ministry. He stated, he stated that he only um, said what he heard the Father say and he only did what he saw his Father do. This speaks of fellowship. In this place of prayer and communion with the Father, he heard and saw what God wanted him to do. And then he would go among the people and manifest the Father's will. Others received their healing and miracle because of what flowed out of their relationship. Because of what flowed out of their communion with one another. In that place of fellowship, we too become more sensitive to how God leads us. And then we are able to bear much fruit. Jesus said in John 15 that when you bear fruit, you bring him glory. Remember when Philip asked Jesus, now I'm giving you the Lisa translation here, is that okay? He said, Jesus, show us the Father. 
Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. That should be the testimony of all our lives. If you've seen me today, you've seen the Father in me, hallelujah, from the relationship that I have with him. You know, we are the only Bible some people will ever read. Think about it. Your life right now is the only Bible someone else is reading. So we know him to make him known. Our spiritual life is to carry a divine order. Jesus said you will love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. This is the first commandment. Loving God is first. Fellowship with him is to be first. If we keep our fellowship with God first, then these things come out of our fellowship. It will produce, we will grow out of that time with the Lord. To, um, don't be distracted or cheated from the fellowship of your first love. Don't let things get in the way. Amen. But spend that time with the Lord. If you need to release things, release them. Let them go. God did not send his son for you to live bound. He sent his son so you can live free. His vision for your life is freedom. Freedom. So when you're in his presence, if there's things that are hindering your walk with him, let them go. Release them to him. Ask the Lord to forgive. Amen. So that that channel can be a beautiful flow between you and the Lord. Faith is a fellowship with God. It will not only affect you, but it will affect the lives you come in contact with. Someone who worked closely with Catherine Kuhlman said this, her fellowship with God made it easy for others to receive their miracle. Wow. What a powerful statement. Her fellowship with God made it easy for someone else to receive their miracle. I pray that for my own life. I pray that my life will bring miracles to others. Amen. That's how Jesus lived. He lived in communion. He lived in fellowship. And then he went out and demonstrated the Father's love. That's the same with us. We spend time, that quiet time, that secret time with the Lord, and then we go out and we shine for the Lord. Amen. We also see this demonstrated in the lives of the apostles. Acts 4.13, and I'm nearly done, from the Passion, says the council members were astonished as they witnessed the bold courage of Peter and John, especially when they discovered that they were just ordinary men who had never had religious training. Then they began to understand the effect Jesus had had on them simply by spending time with him. What a powerful scripture. That crippled man was laid there Every day at the gate beautiful. Every day people passed him by. Prayers. People of faith passed him by. But one day the apostles came. 
Hallelujah. And because they had spent time with Jesus, they were able to change that crippled man's life forever. He asked for money, but they gave him what he really needed, and that was his healing. Praise God. That's awesome. But it all came from spending time with him. Jesus said, you can do nothing without me. So uh, I make a commitment to not do anything without him. That's where the struggle is. That's where the frustration comes. But when we do what we hear our Father say for us to do, there's an ease. Amen? Well, praise God. Um, just want to go back to those two words that the Lord gave me as I wrap up the message right now. There's more. There's more. Some of you are sitting there and thinking, how can there be? There's more. There's more for you. Amen. He lifts our heads. And there's more for you as a church. I wrote here, there's more for you to accomplish for the kingdom, more influence and more reach and greater fruitfulness. Praise God. So if I can ask the worship team to come back up. There are two sets of people I want to pray for today. And maybe you're here for the first time and you don't know the Lord and you've, heard, you've just heard me speak for half an hour about him. And I know I can be very passionate, but I can't help it. I've got to be myself, right? But maybe you don't know him. And I don't want you to leave today without asking the Lord into your life. It's so beautiful. I've never looked back. 15 years old, I gave my life to the Lord Jesus. It was the best decision I ever made. The best decision. I've never, ever regretted my decision to ask him into my heart. So if you're here this morning, I'm not going to embarrass you. Maybe we can bow our heads just at this really holy moment right now. And I just want to ask you, if you've never invited Jesus into your heart, and if you'd like to, if you could just give me a quick show of your hand, I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm just going to acknowledge that there's somebody here that wants to pray with me today. So if, you, if that's you, would you just lift your hand right now? And when I see it, I'll acknowledge it and you can put it back down. Or maybe you've drifted away from the Lord. Maybe you feel dry and you feel disconnected and you want to recommit your life this morning. If that's you, would you lift your hand and I'm going to pray for you. Thank you, Lord. I also want to pray for those that want to go deeper in their relationship with the Lord, that you really believe on the inside that there's more, there's more depth, there's more to discover with Him. I want to pray as the worship team leads us in the song. If that's you, why don't you just step out of your chair and I'll meet you and I'm going to pray for you this morning. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for listening to River's Edge Sermon of the Week. For more information about us, please visit riversedgechurch.com.au.